Okay, let's get started with Sefer Bamidbar and Parshas Bamidbar, Tavshin Ayin Hey. As we uh, all get back on track with uh, Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlar, it's all with the same Parsha this week. As we have the Shabbos before Shavuos, let's focus on the Parsha. And uh, hopefully the last thought we'll say this evening will uh, get us into Shavuos as Shabbos this year is Erev, Erev Shavuos. Okay, we start off with the first Pasuk and the first Rashi. Says the Torah, Vayedaber Hashem HaMoshe b'midbar Sinai ba'oel Moed. Hashem says to Moshe, in the Midbar, in Midbar Sinai, in the Oha Moed, we now Baruch Hashem have a Mishkan, Be'echad Lachodesh Hasheni, on the first day of the second month, what we call Iyar, Bashana Hashenis, in the second year, it's been a year plus since Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, let's say some Eretz Mitzrayim Lemar, and we go in parenthetically, this Pasuk is the, in red, in comparison with a Pasuk in a couple of Prakim from now, this is a place where all Rishonim have to agree that the Torah is not written in chronological order. Everybody has to agree there. Ein mukti Torah. There are various places where there is a machlokas between Rashi and the Ramban and others, whether the Torah is written in chronological order. But this is an example where the, ex- the dates are explicit. So there's no arguing. Perek, Aleph, Pasuk, Aleph, here at Sefer by Midbar. If you look in nine Prakim from now, Perek, Tes, Pasuk, Aleph, the date given there is the first month of the second year. And this is the second month of the second year. So, in parentheses, this is one example where the Torah uh, explicitly uh, is not written in chronological order. But, in any case, let's get back to our Pasuk. So, Hashem says to Moshe uh, in the Al Moed on the first day of the of the second month of the second year. What does he say? Yisrael. Count the heads of Am Yisrael, all the families, count Am Yisrael, a mitzvah of minyan. Says Rashi, first Rashi in Sefer by Midbar. Because Hashem loves us, He counts us over and over again. After all, when you love something, you just count them. If you love, uh, no, not literally, but just look over and over. You love your children. So you're always like looking at your children and, and doting over one's children. If somebody loves Svarim, if somebody loves anything, you just go over and over. So Hashem loves us. So He counts us all the time. When we went out of Mitzrayim right away, Hashem counted us. And after the Chet Egel, when a number of Jews were killed and died, He counted us again to find out how many were left. Hashem knows how many are left. But He counted to reflect His love for us. And when He wanted to be Mashret, to rest His Shechina on us, He counts us again. So a month ago in Nisan, the Mishkan was built. Now there's a month that the Shechina has been there. A question that we're not going to deal with. Why did Hashem wait a month? Right away when the Mishkan was built, the Shechina was there. Okay. On the first day of year, he counted. Asks the Gur Aryeh, asks the Maharal. What Rashi says is not problematic. Where Rashi says it is problematic. Let's read the Maharal. The first Gur Aryeh in Sefer by Midbar says the Gur Aryeh first, first source. Yesh Makshim, Lamolo Al Suues Rosh, Du Iker Makomo. Where is this Rashi? It's on Pasuk Aleph. It's not on Pasuk base. What's it doing in Pasuk Aleph? What does Pasuk Aleph say? Hashem said to Moshe in the second month of the second year, saying, that's what? 
The second Pasuk says, count for Yisrael. So Rashi on the first Pasuk says, why is he counting us all the time? Because he loves us. But what is that doing on Pasuk Aleph? Rashi should make that comment to Pasuk Beis. The gobbles of Rashi is not only what he says and what he doesn't say, but where he says it. And what's the deeper hamaschal of Rashi? And where does he emphasize certain things? So that's the Garayi's question. Why is it that Rashi makes his comment, this beautiful comment of counting on the first Pasuk and not on the, not on the second Pasuk? The yesh lahashiv l'she'elasam. Let me uh, answer their question. Says the Maharal, he quotes this question from others. He says, Shebali Yashev Rashi is meduyak. It's going on the first Pasuk. Because we always have to ask, right? There are svarim written. I've mentioned this in the past. If we go through libraries and ask how many svarim have been written on Rashi ala Torah, to explain Rashi ala Torah, how many? Hundreds. Hundreds of Svarim have been written on Rashi Ela Torah. How many, what's in second place? What's in second place in terms of the Rishonim? How many Svarim were written on? The Ramban. The Ramban. How many Svarim? Seven, eight. There's nobody even close. Much of that, of that evidence, a lot of what Rashi, uh, the Svarim on Rashi explained is, what's bothering Rashi? What's the kasha that Rashi is trying to answer? So here too says the Maharal, that's the secret here of why Rashi is on Pasuk Aleph and on a Pasuk base. Let's see. Says the, the Maharal, V'yesh l'ashiv l'sheh l'asam, she'bal l'yashiv, d'lo l'ichtov, b'echad l'chodesh ha'sheini. Why does we have to know the date here? Sh'lo b'chal mitzvah u'mitzvah nechtav masay nemra u'be'eza chodesh u'be'eza yom. Most mitzvot that Hashem commands Moshe don't have a date when they were commanded. Period. Continue. A hundred times in the Torah. If there's ever a date, all of a sudden, Hashem tells Moshe, on this date, count for the Yisrael. What do we have to know that for? That's what's bothering Rashi. Why do we have to know the date of, what, of when this counting took place? Most mitzvot don't have it. And the answer, that's why it's on Pasuk Aleph. And the answer to that question is to show that he loves us. In other words, why? What's the emphasis? Because if you look at the date, amazingly, Hashem counted us three times within one year. That shows love. That shows godless. That shows chiba. It was right away. Three times in one year. Even for him, he knows. Three times in a year. And that's the message of Rashi. Rashi's answering the question of the date, not just the mention of the counting. But why does the date mention? Because if you do the math, it's all one year. Shaharei, second column. He goes through the dates. When we went out of Mitzrayim, 15th day of Nisan, and then after the Egel, of course, when was the Chet Egel Shavasa Betamuz, was supposed to be a, an amazing Yantif, supposed to be a great holiday, Moshe Rabbeinu coming down with the Luchos, and he's all psyched to have a holiday, boom, turns into a tragic day. And that laid the foundation for later tragedies, as the Mishnah tells us at the end of Mesechus Tainus, the five tragedies that happened on Shavasa Betamuz. But that was the after the Egel, the second time. And then, the first day of Iyar. 
First day of Iyar, Chazaru Manan Vizeu Achiba. This is, in just about a year, he counted us three times. If it didn't tell us when this took place, we wouldn't have known if it was all one year. And that is why Rashi is on Pasuk Aleph. And then he just continues. And even though Rashi back in Kisisa says, even one counting shows belovedness. Even if I count something once, that shows I have an affinity to the item, to the person. Masha Laroe, the mashal of the shepherd that counts his sheep, after a fox comes in. There are different qualities of love. There are qualities of belovedness. Three times in a row is more than one time. And even though, yes, says the Maharal, each counting had a purpose. The first one we came at, we just became a nation. The second one, we just did the Egel. The third one, Hashem rested in Shechina. That's true. But cumulative evidence points us in a certain direction. Even if each one could be explained, the fact that there were many, line 13, you counted them once, so rely on the first counting a couple of months ago. And a few here, a few there, it doesn't make a difference. It does make a difference. Because every Jew makes a difference. Right? Like, like the Pasuk uh, Tehillim says, We're compared to stars. Every star makes a difference. Every star is unique. No two stars are alike. If any star would act up in a certain way, the entire universe would explode if any person does not fulfill their tafkid. That's a loss for the universe. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is manan. Every Jew is unique. Every Jew has the, that beloved connection to HaKadosh Baruch Okay, that gets us started in Sefer Bamidbar. First Pasuk, first Rashi, first Gur Aryeh. Now let's move on. You know, this Pasuk is about lists and names. Bamidbar, in the Midbar, interesting, that is the name that we give this Sefer, uh, what we call it, but of course the Midrashim do not call it Bamidbar. In Midrashim, the Sefer is called Chumash HaPakudim. So we know the Medrash has names to each one of the Svarim. Uh, maybe not Shmos, but Bracious, Sefer Shmos is called Sefer Hasheni, as the uh, Nitziv points out in his Akdama, the Sefer Shmos, Vayikris Taras Koanim, Bamidbar is Chumash HaPakudim, and Dvarim is Mishnah Torah. So this is, we're starting, Chumash HaPakudim, the Chumash of the accountings. And here we have the first countings in our Parsha. We have the list of the Nesim, and then we have the Shvatim separated into their different sides, into the Degalim on each of the sides of the Mishka. So we're going to have a comment now, which I think we mentioned a number of years ago, on a different Parsha from a different author. But we'll see how this author makes the same comment and what the message is. If you look in the 39th Pasuk in the Sefer, Pasuk Lamites, Pekutehem Lamatedan, Shnayim Veshishim Elef Ushvameos, Shevadan, 62,700. That's a lot of people. That done is huge. Right? Let's just go back for a moment. Go back to the previous family. Binyamin, Chamisha Ushloshim Elef Arbameos, 35,400. 35,400. What was done? 62,700. Let's keep going. What's Asher? Echad 41,500. Echad Rabbam Elevachamesh Meos. 
Naftali, Shloshah Bechamishim Elef, 53,400, done still bigger. If you keep going, looking at them, right, if you look at Zvulun, Shiva Bechamishim Elef, 57,000. Yosef, Arboim Elef, Ephraim is 40,000. Menashe is Shnaim Ushloshim Elef, 32. It's fascinating. It says if you Levenstein, that Dun is the biggest. Dun is huge. Right after coming on the heels of Binyamin, seems to be very small. Let's think about it for a moment. So the Bechazko Levesi is quoted here in the Osros HaTorah. Becheshvon minyan ashvatim. Don who I have gadol b'yosem ikal ashvatim. He says, beside Shevet Yehuda, which we're not going to get into that now, but out of the shvatim, he's on the top two. V'zeatam sheshevet Don, and that's why Don was the ma'asef l'kol ha'machanos. He was the gatherer. Don, we know, went last. Anybody dropped anything? Any child got lost in the Anan? Right? Dun found them, gave him back. Dun was the Ma'asif of Kolomachanos. Huge! Says Yechazko Levenstein, if we would have asked the question a couple of generations earlier, when Yaakov's children came down to Mitzrayim, his children and his grandchildren, and we would have asked, which Shvatim are going to be the most successful? Which Shvatim are going to be the ones that populate, the ones that, that really make a difference in Klal Yisrael? And which Shvatim are going to be a uh, Nebuch? You know, they're going to be a little, you know, you feel bad for them a little bit. Nope, not every Sheva can be so rah-rah. Binyamin had ten sons. Chushim, Mupim, Chupim, oh, not Chushim, but Mupim, Chupim, all the sons, named after Yosef. Ten sons! Dun had one. And not only did Dun had one, he was he was blind. Right? He was I'm sorry, he wasn't blind, he was deaf. He was, as the Gemara tells us, and he wasn't, you might say, fully there. Gemara tells us he chopped off Asaph's head, okay, that was his moment in the sun. But Dun had one special child. Binyamin had ten robust sons. And what do we see here in the midbar? Don is one of the largest shvatim in the 60,000s. And Binyamin is the smallest. Says Rabbi Levenstein, we can never know what's going to be. We can never know what's going to be down the road. We do our best. We do our hishtablus. We make the best decisions that we can make in the present. And the rest is up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Out of one special needs child can come 60,000. The strongest. The Ma'asif Machanos. Says the Otsur HaTorah. Let's read here. Vichaskel Levenstein. L'chorah on line 6. Al pi ha-seichel. Hayatzarech li o-shifto mivorach b'tzatzaim mirubim. Shevet binyamin. Should be the most blessed. V'ilu shevet dan. Hayalo b'yiridah l'mitzrayim ragyelet echad u'balmum cheresh amru chazal nechnas don l'yakov avinu l'she yispalel alav. Don went in, he asked Yaakov, come on, Yaakov, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta daven for me. I'm one of the shifte kar, look who my progeny is. She yispalel ki chas v'shalom nevad. Kima she yishlo rak ben echad cheresh. Hayisarachli o'shifto muad. Who knows what's gonna happen? Who knows if he's ever gonna get married? Who knows if he's gonna ever have a child? We find in the progeny, in the descendants, Binyamin, with nothing against Binyamin, but we see the opposite, how history took it in the 30s, 
and done in the 60s. Lalamdeinu, line 13. Shashem Yisbarach Omeid Liyamin Dalim Vechalashim. Even the downtrodden. Even those who look like they're below. And there's no chance. Kodesh Baruch Hu's with them. Shepitchonam Rachbo. Ki aboteach bakocho bakishrono savas hivoshi yeshlo. Somebody has bitachon and the too much self-focus. And I got it all. And I, I'm great. And look at my family. And look at my assets. It could tables could turn. Lubasov naasim lo achzov ki akadosh baruch hu menicho lesibos shepatach aleihem. A person trusts in things that he shouldn't trust in. Akadosh baruch hu could bring it on galgalach ozer baolam. And says the Chafetz Chaim line seventeen. Lama nikra benoshal don chushim. Why was he called chushim? Shahaya kechushim shel kane, like of a reed. Mikan shuva lakol cheshbonos bnei adam shehema havel veibem mamish. Kavishamar akasal Hashem yodei machshavas adam kehema havel. Benyamin had many children. Don had one. A balmum and the Chavetz Chaim says, look what happened. And even from chushim comes a shimshon. Shimshon agibor. One of the shvat shoftim. That comes from a could come from a don. So we just do our best in the present. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu can help us out in the future. Where else do we see this? Turning the page. We find this also in the beginning of Shmuel Aleph. Another number 10 verses, a 1, at the beginning at least. Penina and Chana. We look, stop time. Chana's childless. Chana's nebuch. Chana does davening. And uh, Elkanah says, Honey, I love you so much. I'm better than ten sons. What, what's the problem? And Penina is the Isham of Uracha. She has so many children. And yet, as we know, it was the opposite. Chana with her tefillah, with her barrenness, she's the one that gives birth to the one who anointed the kings of Israel. Shmuel Hanavi. His Maisiyadayim. Shaul HaMelech. David HaMelech. And Malchus Beis David. And Penina, we don't know. Penina had her children, and we know that they did not last for her based on certain reasons. But again, we find history looks like it's going to turn out a certain way, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu could turn it on its head. And finally, one last story related. Again, from the Chafetz Chaim. This part we did not mention a couple of summers ago when this came up. The Chafetz Chaim said over one time in his house on Shabbos Kodesh, line 12, Be'eretz Galicia. There was a minag amongst Jews in Galicia. Every Moti Shabbos before Myriv, the Jews gathered to say to Hillam. They gathered together the holy Jews. One time a Jew comes into the shul. The Roa Ketzad Omid Yehudi. He sees another Jew pouring his heart out. He sees another Jew davening so hard. And that affected him. And he starts davening with all his heart and all his might. He starts being emotional and getting into it. And he to both cry. Upiyam Hashem Yisbarach using the tefillos of David ben Yishai. Davening, Davening. After Myriv, the one who was inspired, goes over to the one who inspired. 
and asks, Shalom Aleichem, how are you? Can I ask you a question, personal question? I hope it's okay. What were you davening so hard for? That was unbelievable. That was so intense. That was so intense that it affected me. Makoev Lecha. Amat Valarta. What are you davening for? So the man says, Yeshli Bas. Shehigia Kfarla Pirka. I have a daughter. Marriageable age. Ve'ein biadi kesef. Lotsazi Soeha. I have no money. I don't have something to give her in a dowry. Who's going to marry my daughter? I have nothing to give her. I don't know how to help her. The whole week I'm working in the fields. I'm working out. I don't, she's not in front of me. Her tsaris. Shabbos Kodesh. I come to my house. We're all together. And I see my older single daughter and I have nothing to help her with. The only thing I have is to heal him. That's my only weapon, so to speak. My only tool. So that's what I'm davening for. When the inspired one heard his words, he says, you know what? I'm in the same boat. He's a great boy. I also have nothing. But if we both had nothing, maybe nothing plus nothing, it can equal something. And they set up the Shidduch and Kachave. These two lowly, paupers, individuals, got married. And from their children came the Balksos HaChoshen, came the Kuntras HaSveikos, came great Baalei HaMesorah. They were like Hushim. They were like the lowly people. They didn't have anything. Kodesh Baruch Hu takes care of them. Nobody should ever give up in terms of themselves, in terms of their children. Kaddish Baruch Hu is with those that are unfortunate and that are in dire straits. Okay, moving right along. A general comment on the whole parak. We mentioned some of the numbers before. How many people, how many men were in each of the Shvatim? So we have, we were focusing on how many thousands. So now let's get to the end numbers. The, the tens, the, the hundreds. So how many were there? So one shaven has 400 at the end, right? Zvulun has 57,400. Ephraim has 40,500. And Menashe has 32,200. Isn't it interesting, asks the Tosefes Bracha, the Torah Tamima, that all of the Shvatim work out exactly on the hundred. Isn't that amazing? It just so happened. It worked out that they were all on the hundred. One hundred, two hundred, three hundred, except for one. Except for one. One of them didn't work out. If you look in Pasachafei, Shevet God, Shevet God was 45,650. Okay, that's the closest we get to a number that's not perfect. Ask the Torah Tamima. Ask the Tosefes Bracha. It worked out so perfectly. We're talking about people here. We're talking about numbers. What is the message? Plia Nimritza says the Tosefes Bracha. Shebechol ha-misparim mikol shevet v'shevet nigmaru b'mispar me'ot shleimot. All the numbers from every shevet, all the hundreds work out. Below asiriot u below yichidiot. There's no tens, there's no ones, nothing, it's perfect. 
Zuas echad nigmar bechamishim. Except for one. One works out with 50, as we said. If you look in the numbers elsewhere in Parshas Pinchas, which we'll have in a couple of weeks, also the numbers are all perfect, hundreds, except for one. That ends with a 30. But all the other ones are perfect. Fedover Pelahu, line 7. It's impossible. I didn't find anybody who, who comments on this, says the Tosefus Bracha. Says the Torah to me, he continues, I've thought about this a lot and I've read this over many, many times until finally something clicked. He says, Something clicked in all of my travels through through Torah. And again, the Torah Tamima in his sefer on the on Chumish is more. He explains Chazal's there. Here, he kind of is more creative, giving his giving his thoughts. Says the Tosefes Bracha on line fifteen. It's based on a rush. Maybe something that we might have guessed, but he bases it based on sources. I think it's explained, uh, able to be explained based on the rush at the end of Sachim. Rounding off. The Torah rounds off. Are you so that we're familiar with in other areas? But if the Torah is interested in rounding to the nearest hundred, then it forgets the ones and the tens. If it's interested in rounding to the nearest thousand, it forgets the hundreds. The Torah rounds, says the Rush. Where the Rush says, I'll give you a couple of examples. Number one, line 18. There's one or two examples that are famous, but it comes up a lot. For example, how many Jews went into Mitzrayim? Parshas Vayigash? The Torah lists off all the names. And then says, and it all adds up to 70. So Chazal have to come in and say, Oh, Yocheved was born as, as, as they went in, says the Rush. The Torah rounds off. 69 rounds off to 70. Avo Bishop Proton, Eno Elasam of Tess. Vachain Biminyan Sphiris Homer, as we know. Sphiris Homer, Tisperu, Chamishim Yom. 50, 49, Venom Elamemtes. That's the rush. The rush gives those two examples. The rush gives the examples of the minion in, in Vayigash and here, Usfartum Lachem in Emor. Line 22, but says the Tosefes Bracha, I could add in a few more. Two doesn't make a pattern. Ten makes a pattern. Ukedei la'ameis klauzeh osifanion mekoras ka'ela. Bashmatas afilu kama yomim. The afilu chadashim. Sometimes days and even months are left off because of rounding. Parsha Shlach. Vayashuvu mitur ha'aretz miketz arba'im yom. The Baraglim came back after 40 days. You look at the end of Masechus Tainus. It was really 39 days. 39 days from when they left. It says 40. Malkus, obviously a famous one. Malkus arba'im. Arba'im yakenu lo Yosef. And it's really 39. Kiddushin. The Pasuk tells us in Parshas B'Shalach, how long did they eat the man? Arboim Shana. Forty years. But we know it was forty years minus a little bit. Shachas Rushloshim Yom. Right? It was minus a little bit. 
right? The mon started in ER and it stopped falling. Zion Adar, right? Moshe Rabbeinu's yard site. It lasted for another month. It lasted. That was another nace of the month. It lasted until they went into Eretz Yisrael because they couldn't have any other food. So it was really 40 years minus a month. Nisan to Iyar. It says 40 years. So the last month, it's okay. Even in Navi. The Navi tells us how long was David HaMelech king for? How long was he king for? In Hebron and then in Yerushalayim. But Hebron Malach, as we know, seven and a half years. Sheva Shanim Vishisha Chadashim. And in Yerushalayim, 33 years. 40 altogether. What do you mean 40 altogether? It's 40 and a half years, not 40 years. Okay. It's okay. Six months is okay. You round down. So we find many examples of what the Rosh says. Even in Chazal, Chazal tell us on line 38, can each of these Chazal pick up on and learn something? But Chazal say, Asara Yamim, Bein Rosh Hashanah, Liyam HaKippurim. Right? Aseret Yimei Tshuva, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, between, there's only seven days in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, unless you include Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But you might say, okay, it still says that when there are numbers. So suggest that Tosefah's bracha, that's the Pashib shot of our Pesukim as well. It is impossible to say that the numbers worked out exactly on the hundred. It's impossible. So that's why it rounded to the nearest hundred. The Alpi Kolhamavur, line 41, Ev Shalomar, Binyan Shalafanenu, Bachasimas, Misparapakudim, Bemeos Shlemos, Belo Yechidios, Ubelo Asirios, it leaves off the ones, it leaves off the tens, to keep it the Misparim Asirios, Hanahug, Lahashmita Achadim, Misparshanim, Misachadashim, you leave it out, you leave it out. But there's one, one second, there's one that it says. Yeah, but we know why it says that one. It ends off with 50. Which way do you round 50? That's right snack in the middle. So that one was exact. That's when it leaves that one. It leaves that one because that one is not 51 or 49. If it's 50, as we know, that's mom is straight in the middle. And that's why it doesn't round that one either way. And it leaves that one as is. On line 50. Did it mean to do that? V'rakim ha-mispar ha-achron mechuvan chamishim v'oz and therefore, the Torah leaves that one as 50. There's only one problem that's left. And that is not here, but that's in Pinchas. And Pinchas is also rounded, but there's one place in Pinchas where it leaves it at 30. So why is it left at 30 there? So, this is a difficult problem, but he says on line 56, he says, you find... 30, many times on the battlefield, throughout Tanakh, a pluga of 30 is existent. And he quotes, he quotes, Psukim in Beshalach, Vishalishim al Kulo, Shakalachayal Bemilchama, Nechlag Lakusab, Vishloshim, Shloshimish, Vishlishalayim, Ulafizeh, and he also quotes, Umamanazeh, that's why. 30 is also quoted here. And he quotes, turning the page, he quotes other examples of this. in Sefer Shoftim on line 2. Shloshim banim, rochvim ha-shloshim ayarim, shloshim irim, right, some of the less known Shoftim. Vayetsu b'nei b'nyam kishloshim ish. Right, 30, 30, many times you find 30 in the context of battlefield. And what was Pinchas? That was right before Matos Masei, where they're going to go to battle against the Midyanim. And maybe that's why shloshim takes effect. 
There's only ends off the Tosefes Bracha one time where the Torah is exact. Where the Torah doesn't round off. The Torah gives you exact numbers. And that is, not in terms of age, which we had back in, uh, in Breshaz and Noach, but at the end of Sefer Bamidbar, where we talk about what is going to the Shoal of Hektish. When we're talking about Kachim, very, you don't round off by Karbanos, by Kachim. Line 23, where the number is Nogea to the acquisitions of Kodesh and the Zechuyos of Kodesh, Matos, it says exactly, but Simpson Mechuvan, how much was there? The Mechas Lashem, how much Minatzon? Sheish Beos Chamesh Vishivim, 675, exact, 61. Because it has to do with Aydas Bawagi to the base of Migdash. There's no, there's no, um, rounding the numbers when we're talking about something going to the base of Migdash. And that's why there it's exact. So the Tosefis Bracha gives us an insight into Parshas Bamidbar, into Parshas Pinchas, into Parshas Matos, all about the numbering system of Torah Seinu HaKdosha. Moving right along. Perak Bez, we now move into Pasuk Bez. Bez Bez. Vaydaber Hashem el Moshe v'yalaron leymar. Ish al diglo ba'osos l'beis ha'vosam yachanu b'nei Yisrael minegit saviv l'omoed yachanu. Here we go. We have the degolim. We have the flags. Every shevet has their own flag. All, each group of three shvatim went on a, another side of the mishkan. The mishkan is in the middle with the Bnei Levi carrying each of their designated uh, parts. So the Pasuk says, Ish al diglo ba'osos levesavosam yachanu b'nei Yisrael. If you look in the Jerushim l'cheftsehem, we've quoted from him in the past, a while ago, Rav Moshe Dalvalner, a Rav, used to live be in uh, Ashkelon. He asked, what do we need the two words, Lobes Avosam, for? Ishal dig Lobosos. Every man follows their flag. Lobes Avosam. What, we're talking about paternity here? We're talking about Yerusha? We're talking about something that goes through paternity? So what, what exactly is meant by these two words of Bosos Lobes, Lobes Avosam? What do those two words add? Ask the Jerusalem Lechepsayim. Skip those two words. So he quotes a Pasuk in Eov. The Pasuk in Eov says, I will see from afar. What does that Pasuk mean? Says the Medrash. Asay otam degalim kemoshe his avu. Hashem tells Moshe, give each of them flags, give them a position to march in in the midbar. Hischil Moshe Meitzar. Moshe says, Hashem, not going to work. It's not going to work. It's a bad idea. Why is it a bad idea? Amar, achshav asita hamachokas lehinasi men hashvatim. There's going to be tremendous machokas. But I'm going to tell them where to march. If I tell Yehuda that he shall be on the east, I want to be on the south. Everybody's going to start arguing. You're going to give them a spot to march on? 
Right? They're all going to argue. I want this place. I want that place. Amalek HaKadosh Baruch Hashem says to Moshe, I took care of it already. Don't worry about it. It's all fixed. What, why? What do you mean? Amalek HaKadosh Baruch Moshe, mach pat lecha. Ein srichim lecha. Me'atzman, hein makirim dirasan. You tell them, but you know, they basically know where to go. Why? Yesh biyadam Yaakov Avim, going back to Yaakov Avinu. Chazal tell us that when Yaakov Avinu's Aron was carried up from Mitzrayim back to Canaan, all the Shvatim carried his Aron. And how did they stand? They stood in the exact positions around the Aron that they were going to stand later on with the Aron of the Luchos Habris. In the midbar, just like they carried his coffin then, that's what Yaakov commanded them. On the last line, when Yaakov was about to die, he calls his children together and says to them, turning the page, he gave them his last will, his last ratzon. We know the Gemara in Psachim that he's nervous and they all scream out Shema Yisrael and he says Baruch Shem. So he was nervous. And then he tells them, When you carry me, do it with awe and respect and trepidation. Don't let anybody else come. Don't fight. Do it all together. Don't let any of the Egyptians carry my coffin. Right? Only you. You are pure. Yehudi, Sachar, Zvulun. You come to the east. Yosef, you don't carry because you're the king. You're the king. You're going to carry the Aaron. So you don't. And that's what it means, from afar, Hashem already put it into place. And that's why Moshe, you have nothing to worry about. That's the message. What's the message? Says the Jerusalem Lechefseihem, line 13. Ain, there are a couple of messages, but the first one he says, what was Moshe nervous about? Moshe was nervous that they were going to fight about the position around the Aron. The greatest danger, the most dangerous type of fighting that Jews and Jews have with each other are when we fight in the name of religion. And when we fight in the name of Hashem. And we say, this is what Hashem would want me to do. He'd want me to fight with you. He'd want me to say, you're wrong. He'd want me to make a chil Hashem, so to speak. That's the most dangerous when it's in the name of religion, when we fight and we know we're wrong, okay, that's one level. But when we fight under the banner of halacha, under the banner of this is Torah Judaism, and no one else has Torah Judaism except for me, that's the most dangerous type of inner fighting amongst Jews. And that's what Moshe was worried about. Ein davar yoter Yisrael, ubifrat, not just general machlokas, but explicitly, kishahin besismat l'shem shamayim, shebe'emes eno ela mito gaiva v'sinas chinam. How many times do we look at other Jews who don't behave the way behave the way that we act? And every Jew is different than the other one. And we look down upon them. And we think it's our way or no way. 
That's the most dangerous. That's sinas chinam, as the famous tzitziv and nadama to sefer brachis, sefer hayashar, recognizing other drachim. Bishamash Amar Kadish Barakhulu Moshe, I'll say it on the Galim. Moshe says, Oi, there's gonna be a machlokes. Kalechad Yikmos Barosh, I'm gonna carry the Aaron. I'm gonna be over here, and I'm gonna they're all they're arguing about spirituality. They're arguing about who's gonna walk around the Aaron on which side. So that's exactly the most dangerous type of machlokes. Vitakas Masved, there it's under the the mask. Shalshem Shamayim, the Yirat Shamayim, Yiratzalitkos Olorachek Adasheni. I could push you away because I'm doing a mitzvah. It says that's that's so pernicious. Kol Echad Yitzak Limagiyah Hamakom Ploni Miyani Mani Asisi the Yashmits as Echav as Hashvatim Acherim. And this is the Shiftika talking about each other. What does Hakadosh Baruch Hu say, Moshe? There's only one way to solve that, and that's what Yaakov tried to teach the Shvatim so many years ago. He tells the Shvatim, what does he say first to the Shvatim? Hey, asvu v'yagid alachem. You gotta come together. You gotta know you're a family. You gotta know that's the only way that the future is gonna happen. Only when, line 21, kashit asvu, v'tiu baguda achas, ba'ava v'achva, az yesh lachem tikva l'achar sayamim. Only then, only when you could each carry the Aron and know your designated spots and realize that that's the spot that's best for you and the other spot is best for him and the other spot is best for them. Only when we have self-recognition and recognition of other drachim within Avodah Hashem, only then will we get to what's the end of the Pasuk? Only then will we get to it. And that's the only way. And if we don't have this, what's the, has the measures continue? Don't let the Mitzrayim carry. What does that mean? I'll, continuing this, this message? Because if the Jews have inner fighting, that's what opens up the doors for our external enemies to come and attack us. Line 29. Tishru <speaking in Hebrew> B. Ubachem Shalom Mitzrayim Machkim Echumas Alef Goabachem. They know it, and if they don't know it consciously, so then their nishan, their their souls know it. Their the the mazel knows it that when Jews are fighting with each other, we are susceptible, we are vulnerable to outside dangers. Only when we come together, when we have achdus, we are so powerful. But that's the message, and that's the danger that Moshe Rabbeinu was worried about. When there's inner fighting amongst Jews in the name of God, right? The most dangerous, the most dangerous wars even throughout history. The Crusades. How many times have we suffered by enemies who were acting in the name of God? Ad Hayom Hazet. And Rahman al Islam, at least this message is at least within us, at least within the Jewish people. Let us recognize that we can't use God as a weapon. And we have to realize there are various drachim. Many drachim to come close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's the end of the last Gemara Tainis. All the tzaddikim in a circle, in the future dancing. Everyone has their has their area. Okay, moving along. Perak Dalid. Perak Dalid, and now we get to the last part of the parsha, which discusses the Levi. Sheva Levi. Sheva Levi wasn't around all the different sides. They were smack in the middle. Right? Each family in Levi, two of the families are listed in this week's parsha. One is next week's parsha. Uh, Naso 
we have all the different families, what they take. Gershon, Kahasa, Merari. But we also have listed somewhat of an unknown Pasuk. We don't focus on it. Perak Dalid, Pasuk Tezayin. All the families have to do different jobs. But then Pasuk Tezayin, Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen, he's given a specific job. Elazar ben Aaron, the son of the Kohen Gadol. Right, Aaron HaKohen was still the Kohen Gadol here. So Elazar has a specific carrying job. What does he carry? You don't need to... We're going to do the measures in a second, but it's a Pasuk in Chumash. What does he carry? Ufkudas Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen, Shemen HaMo'or. He carries the special oil. Uktores Hasamim. And he carries the Ktores. Uminchas Hatamid. And the flour that goes with the carbon tamid. Vishemen Hamishcha. And the oil that's used. The Shemen Amor, the oil that's used for the menorah. And the other oil that's used in the carbon mincha. Shemen Hamishcha. Four items he has to carry. Pekudas Kala Mishkan. Vachala Shabo. Vachodesh Uvekelav. And he's in charge. Ask the Medrash. Or we could even ask. They didn't have shopping bags in the days of the Medrash, in the days of the Midbar. How did he carry all this? How did he carry four things? Oil, Ktores, Mincha, oil. How, imagine, like, you only have two hands. How did he do this? Says the Medrash. Some Midrashim you need to, like, give shot on, and some Midrashim speak for themselves. This Medrash that you have in source number 8 and 9, we're going to read the second half of the Medrash first, because that's how it's connected to our Parsha, and then we'll go back to the first half. If you look on the bottom, look on the bottom, on line 41, the Medrash says, Elazar ben Aaron Kohen, he could have asked for help, but he didn't. What does that mean? He did his mitzvos. He did his avodas Hashem, no matter if it was difficult, if it was hard, even if he looked a little funny, what he was doing. If he was doing it, l'shem shamayim. Amr ben Levi, nasi He was the head. As it says, He was powerful. He had a tremendous position. Look at the top, source number nine. You would think he would ask for help. I'm very, I'm very important. I have to look, I have to look, uh, to stand up straight. No. He carried it all himself. How did he do that? Okay. Oil in his right hand. Torah rests in his left hand. What's left? Minchas atamid shel yom tzluya bizroo. He had the mincha in like, it must have been a kli, and he held it on his arm. Like on his forearm, the kli must have had a handle, and he walked in the midbar for years. Every time he traveled, he was carrying something in his right hand, something in his left hand, something on his arm, but that's not it. That's not all. He has something on his belt. Something on his belt, something on his arm, two things in his hands, and that's how he walked through the midbar. This is Elazar. Elazar says, yes, it's my mitzvah, and I'm doing it. And I don't care what I look like. Ain't shiflus lefnei 
There's nothing too low for me to do when it comes to Avodah Hashem. That was the language that led us into this. He was noig shiflus. I'm sorry, the opposite you see in the coming up language. The less room I take for myself, the more room there is for God. That's Elazar. All these things. Who else did this? Who else didn't care about what he looked like because he was doing Avodah Hashem? Obviously. Doesn't mean we don't care what we look like, right? The Gemara in Shabbos, a Talmud Chacham who walks out with a stain on his shirt, is Chayiv Misa, Kiilu. So we have to care what we look like. But if we're involved in a mitzvah and people are going to smile and and grin and laugh, but if I'm involved in a mitzvah, I I don't care what others are 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 looking at and feeling. Who was the model? David Hamelach. David Hamelach. Turning back now to the first half of the Medrash, we've discussed this in the past. David HaMelech, when he brings the Aaron back to Yerushalayim, and there is the parade that he makes, and he is there, and he is dancing and schwitzing and rolling up his sleeves, and he is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Awesome, amazing, happy. And he comes home, the Tzukim say, and the Medrash fills in. The Medrash right here, it's also a Yalkut in Sefer Shmuel. The Medrash fills in, and Michal Bashal, his wife, is there, and she sarcastically says to David as he collapses on the couch after a long day, throws his jacket on the chair, honey, what a great day. Michal says to him, wasn't it a great day when all the maidservants in the, maidservants in the whole Jewish people were able to see the forearms of the king of Israel? What a great day, she says sarcastically. And David HaMelech responds, says the Psukim and says the Medrash, I'm the king and not your father. And the Medrash fills in. What does he mean by that? Shaul HaMelech was constantly worried what people were thinking. What was the Am thinking? The Am said, I can't kill these animals of a Amalek and I can't kill them. It's pasnished. And the Am was leaving, if you remember, in Gilgal and he was waiting for Shmuel to come. And, he, and, the Am, and he had to bring the carbon and he didn't wait for Shmuel. And that's why Shaul was not a successful king, because he was nervous about everybody else. David HaMelech did not care. David said, I'm serving Hashem, I'm getting sweaty, I have to roll up my sleeves, but that's okay, because I'm being besimcha in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the Medrash. Well, the whole story is what I just read. I just read it outside, line 14. Halacha, ein lacha adam Yisrael shabiza atzmala mitzvos. Yosemi me David, there's nobody that did it more than David HaMelech. And the Medrash here gives the mashal. Line 21. Just like when a baby nurses, he's not uncomfortable no matter where he's nursing from his mother. Oh, mom, it's kind of public. No, I'm not so comfortable nursing here. The child doesn't know. All the child knows is his source of nourishment is from his mother, and I'll take it anywhere. David HaMelech says, you are my nourishment. And I don't care what's going on around me. And again, this does not mean that somebody who represents Torah could act in an embarrassing way if it's not within the context of a mitzvah. But, there's a kind of Chil Hashem also. But at least here, says the Medrash, David HaMelech, Elazar, was not afraid. And he acted in the way that he knew was appropriate because that's what he knew he had to do. 
And lest we think that this is only something that Elazar did, it's fascinating. We find this Medrash, which is also Yerushalmi, in a halachic context. The Mishnah tells us in Mesecha Shabbos, Afsadi Beis, source number 10 now, the 39th Malacha on Shabbos is Hotza'a. We know the rule is only if you do a Malacha in a normal way is it a Malacha Daraisa on Shabbos. If I do it in an unusual way, it is Durabanan. That's called Shinui. So how do you do Hotza'a in a normal way? Says the Mishnah, Hamotzi, Bein Vimino, Bein Bismalo, Bein Tocheiko, or Al-Tefav, it doesn't matter if you carry something with your right hand or your left hand, on your shoulder, on your back, on your hand. That's all called normal. That's Even if you're a righty, if you carry with your left hand, it's not like writing. Hotza is no matter what. Right? All these are cases. Right? It is all... Uh, and why? Shekane Masa B'nei Kahas. Because that's how Kahas carried in the Midbar. They used all the different parts of their body. Says Rashi... On that Mishnah in Shabbos, he has two days, but he quotes one of his Rabbeim. Rashi quotes, Ubishem Rabbeinu Yitzchak bar Yehuda Matsasi, Sha'amar Bishem Rav Hai, Shemifurish Bahashas Yerushalmi. Where do you know all these parts of the body are normal? Ufikudas Elazar ben Aaron Akoin, Shemen Amar, Ktores Samim, Minchas Tamid, Shemen Amishcha, and he quotes, Elazar carried all of these items on all the different parts of his body. Right hand, left hand, arm, belt. That's all called normal carrying. So even in the halachic context, we find this idea. Okay. One final point on the parsha, and then we'll try to squeeze one in on Shavuos. If you look at the end of the parsha, by Maftir, Vaidaber Hashem, Moshe Aaron Leimar. Hashem says to Moshe Aaron, Al tachrisu eshevet mishpachos hakahasi, mitoch halavim. Make sure that kahas doesn't get cut off. Kahas who carries the special kalim, I don't want them to be killed from the danger of carrying these kalim. So do this, Moshe and Aaron. Command them to do this. When they come to the, uh, to the Kodesh Kadashim, when they come to the kalim, what, what should they do? They should have covers. Right? Put it, everything as a package, everything as a bag. You want the kalim to be covered. So I don't want them to, to, uh, to get hurt says the Pasuk. Another Medrash. Tonight, Baruch Hashem, we have the schus of doing a number of Medrashim. This Medrash is quoted in the Menachim Tzion, Rev Tzion Zaks, as we know, we mentioned him a number of years ago, the son-in-law of Rev C. Pesach Frank, the Menachim Tzion. Says the Medrash, B'nei Kahas ha'yumu'ulim ikal halavim. The B'nei Kahas, they were the most special levim. Shekal halavim ha'yutonin b'kli ha'mishkan all the Levim carried the Kalim. Says the Medrash, an unbelievable thought. All the other Jews, including the other families of Levim, when they marched, they marched facing front. They put their boards on their shoulders or on the wagons, and they marched frontwards. They walked. They marched. But Kahas didn't. Avo B'nei Kahas, Hayumahalchin Achorehem, at least the, the ones of Kahas that were in front of the Aron, they marched for 40 years backwards whenever the Aron moved. So they wouldn't have their back to the Aron. Amr HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaTorah Hichayim. 
Hashem says the Torah is live. Eis Chaim Yilam Achazikim Ba. Chaim Him Lamos Ehem. B'nei Kahas Rabachzik the Torah which is Chaim. Zeha Aron Shenosim B'Shaboa Torah. B'dinu Sheyichyu V'lo Yamusu. V'chayu V'lo Yamusu. Okay, this is how they carried it. Says the Menachim Tzion. What's the message of the phrase of the Medrash? Shalo Yitain Achar La'aron. Don't put your back to the Aron. He says this is a Yisod Gadol in life. Amidas achar klape aaron she pshavo a Torah, enorak minak shal gasos to be zayin la Torah. Having one's back to the aaron, imagine if the aaron is in the midbar and I am walking in front of the aaron. That's not just to be zayin because I have my back to the aaron. But you know what that reflects? It reflects amazing. We've said this thought so many times, but Baruch Hashem, it's a medrash which we'll see in a minute. It's very excited this week when we found this. If one is walking in front of the Aaron, it's as if I'm walking, I'm living my life, and I'm schlepping the Torah behind me to wherever the Torah fits into my life, I will take it. But the opposite, if I have my face to the Aaron, the Aaron is the one that's leading me. The Torah is leading me, and I will lead my life and follow wherever the Torah takes me. That's the message of Shalom Litain Achar Laaron. Elahi Nechsheves Kaakiras Akikaran Shalamunasenu. Zosatar Lotemuchlafis Lotitaracheres. There's no other Torah. We say in the Animamims. And therefore, throughout every generation, says the Menachim Sion, we have to make our lives fit the Torah and not vice versa. Ish Kazel line 12. Ha Torah et Slohi Torah Schayim. Ha Mora Lois Derechachayim. The Torah is our compass. The Torah is what is leading us. And this, he suggests, we don't have time to go through this right now, but he suggests on line 18, maybe this was the problem in, by Uzzah. Very unclear story. By getting back to the, when David Amalek brought, brought it back, Peretz Uzzah. When Uzzah, some, it sounds like the wagon broke, and Uzzah went to try to catch the Aron, or by the wagon and push it up, and Uzzah was struck down by Hashem, and and everybody gets upset. Not clear at all what Uzzah did and why he was struck down. All the Mepharshim struggle. But suggest the Menachem Sian, if you look closely at the Psukim, maybe Alderic Drush, he says Uzzah, the, uh, the wagon was falling. And it says it sounded like he was trying to get the Aron towards the wagon and not the wagon towards the Aron. He says maybe that was the message. Maybe that's, maybe that's how Uzzah lived his life and this is just a reflection of that. But says the Menachim Sion, to put it in a word that we've used before, but now we could put it into a medrash. Kavata itim la Torah. Literally, set aside time for Torah. But also, I've, mes- I've mentioned in the past the beautiful thought of Kavata itim. Did we set the itim to the Torah or the Torah to the itim? Did we, set the ta- did we fit Torah into our lives or did we fit our lives into Torah? It's a medrash. Line 24. Tehillim. Yalkut and Tehillim. Ha'oseh taraso itim. If I make Torah into itim, into the times, hareza mefer bris. That is being mefer the bris between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The point isn't to make the Torah the itim. The point is to make the itim the Torah. And that's what we have to learn from Kahas, who turned their back and always had the Torah in front of them. And they were being led by the Torah and not vice versa.
And you can read the rest of it. It's a beautiful piece. He quotes from Yechezkel and others. The Menachim Sion, take that one home, which we all have to take into our lives. Finally, the last thought just for the evening is, as we have this year, we have the schus of having Shabbos right before Shavuos. Shabbos going into Shavuos. A two-day yantif at least for all. Right? Though even those of us who don't have a three-day yantif. A two-day yantif, Shabbos going into Shavuos. Is there something special that we could focus on this year as we have Shabbos right before Shavuos? Practically, yes. Practically, we all know. Hopefully, we'll all try to sleep on Shabbos the afternoon without saying the words, I'm sleeping so I can stay up tonight because that's a violation of Hachana or a Bizayon. I'm going to sleep because I've covered Shabbos. Shein Shabbos Tainug. And we'll all know the following morning, Rabbi Kiva Eger says on Shulchan Aruch, if somebody sleeps in the afternoon, even if they're up all night, they can say brachas in the morning, it's lots of a shayla. Okay, wonderful. But, hashkafically, there's also an idea. Says the Nesiv Shalom, not exactly, but we'll use the message. We know the Gemara tells us, it's a machlokas, exactly what day the Torah was given, but everybody agrees it was Shabbos. B'Shabbos in the Torah, sixth day of Sivan, seventh day of Sivan, but it was Shabbos. Why? Says the Nesiva Shalom. Line 6. V'yesh levar zos b'kam ofanim. Tehine ha'achon l'kabalaz ha-Torah ha'isa b'dvar Hashem kodemat Torah. If you look closely in Parshas Yisro, there is something that took place even before Maimon Arsinai. Hashem tells Moshe, Moshe, I need you to tell Am Yisrael the following, and they have to give an answer in the affirmative, or else everything stops now. What's the request? Be a mamlechas kohen in v'goy kadosh. Except, what did they answer to that question? Nasev and Ishma. Nasev Yisro, Nasev and Ishma in Mishpatim. And then, Matan Torah happens. Says the Nesiva Shalom, what's the message? Before we got the Torah, we had to agree to be a mamlechas kohen in v'goy kadosh. What does that mean? That means that not only do our souls have to be spiritual, but also our physical lives have to be spiritual. And we have to be lights unto other nations. That means in the physical realm. Mamlechas kohenim v'goy kadosh. Ella, line 13. Gam ha-guf ha-chomer kadosh. Mocho yeh kadosh. B'deos v'ashkavos kadoshim. The heart, the mind, all of our body has to be kadosh. That's what we needed as a preparation going into Maimon Harsinai Matan Torah. What's the best way to do that? What part of life, which mitzvah most helps us in fulfilling this job? Mamlechas konevagai kandosh? Shabbos. Shabbos. Physical enjoyment. Oneg. Kavod. And yet it all becomes spiritual. Shabbos is our greatest tool to help us become a mamlechas konevagai kandosh. And that's why the Torah was given on Shabbos because that's part of our message. This year we have it exactly maybe right beforehand, which highlights we get to celebrate our being Makadesh, our physical, eating, sleeping, and then go into Maimon Harsinai, and then go into Ashvuas. Vahakol mitam line 26. Sheshab is Kodesh, Uashorish, Lacholanyani Kutusha. We can't do it just in the physical world unless we have something spiritual that is given to us in this world and that Shabbos which helps uplift and make spiritual all of our physical activities. 
And that's why it's a tremendous chus that this year we have Shabbos right before Shavuos going into it as we start off, Sefer Bamidbar, as we start off Kabbalah Satorah, we should all be zoche to a true Kabbalah Satorah, each personally making the most out of the special connection that we each have to Torah. Okay, we'll stop here.